This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. You know, for over 15 years, Gowan Canada has focused our deepest respect for science and passion for agriculture to help growers work toward the results they need to grow profitable crops. Herbicide resistance is a growing challenge and chemical rotation is king. Our Muddy Boots approach to understanding crop protection challenges helps us deliver the right solutions for sustainable weed and pest management. To see the full list of products, go to GowanCanada.com. That's GowanCanada.com. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. Hello, and welcome to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. I'm Alex Bernard, editor of Top Crop Manager East. Each September, Ontario Aggies head to Woodstock for Canada's Outdoor Farm Show to see the latest and biggest equipment and machinery, innovations, and technology. One of the unadvertised but, in my opinion, best parts of attending events like this are the conversations you happen to have with the other attendees. First up, I spoke with Peggy Breckfeld, president of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. What kind of conversations have you had with folks here at the farm show so far? Being at a farm show is a real great chance to kind of get the grassroots feedback from members. So conversations about uh, farmland protection and farmland pressures from people building close by and cities expanding. There's been conversations about labor and ways that people either have found solutions to have other and new employees on their farm or they're still looking and the challenges of it. And I think the other topic that's come up quite a bit is just the cost of farming has gone up, whether its input costs have been rising or the interest rate and how do we deal with that, whether we're young guys just coming in or old guys who have felt this before and now see that pressure again. Um, What's the way forward for every type of farmer? Yeah, big issues and ones that don't really have an easy answer, but it's probably good just to have those conversations and hear what other people are doing. Yeah, I think I think the conversations you have at places like this are the basis of some of the lobbying efforts you do and the advocates we do. We can tell people, you know, we did talk to a farmer and he is really worried about the interest rate because a young guy just starting out and he sees the fact that when he renews his loan, it's it's that much tougher and really unsure of the way forward. We could talk about the, the farmer who feels that subdivision next door and they're throwing garbage onto his property and he'd like to get a no trespassing sign or a private property sign up so that he can hopefully discourage some of it, even though he's not sure if that's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the whole drive to build a lot more houses, it seems like that urban sprawl is encroaching more and more on farmland. Yeah, in Ontario, it's a pretty significant issue. I also think, though, that I could see the pressures when we did a tour a couple summers ago in Saskatchewan. I saw it also, the conversations happening in the Maritimes. It it really is a case of there is places you can build houses. We're actually not against building houses. Absolutely not. We're about long-term land use planning and that includes protection of the very thing that uh, we grow food on uh, the basis of life are food water shelter and food if you take that out of the out of the equation do you have life like it 
it may seem basic, but but really it is just so important to keep those basic things in mind. Yeah, I know when we spoke during IWCA yep. a couple of years ago, one of the things you highlighted was that you'd like to act as kind of a bridge between farmers and policymakers. Yeah. How have you found policymakers responding to the issues you've brought forward, like about uh, about land use or like um, long-term planning for these sorts of things? People want to do good. Mm-hmm. They really do want to answer the question about where is someone going to buy a new house and how can they afford it. Uh, there are ways to answer that that are not about building on farmland and it's about building affordable housing in cities it's about renewing and reviewing and building in and up and there's actually some really great examples in this province of places where they've done it very well waterloo is a great example of building in and up of putting on people's deeds you can buy this house as it is but should you ever want to redo it Already when you buy it, you need to know that this is geared to new builds are going to be three-story triplexes or such uh, types of buildings. So uh, Hamilton, they've said we can build all the houses that are required for our city inside of our current footprint, and we want to do that. So we have great optimism that there's some really great people out there wanting to do the right thing, and we just want to impress on people why it matters and that it does matter. If you do great things inside of a a good land use planning program, you actually are protecting farmland without even trying. Next, I chatted with a recent transplant to Ontario Agriculture, Ian Virtue, about his career switch. Sir, my name is Ian Virtue, and so I'm a part of the Innovative Farmers Association of Ontario and the Ontario Soil Network. Awesome. And so I got into ag just about a month ago. Before that, I was a full-stack developer for a company called Learnedly, which was a finance learning platform. Really great, really cool job. Uh, But fundamentally, just wasn't really where I wanted to be. I believe that rapid decarbonization is the most important thing anyone anywhere on the planet can be doing right now. And especially in our agricultural sector, I think being a part of that role is just something I was really excited to be a part of. So to be in a position where I can take my technical skills and pair that with something I'm a little bit more passionate about than finance, it's been wonderful so far. Excellent. That's kind of the display of the range of careers in ag. How have you found it so far? It's been, you know what, it's been a little bit of boots on the ground, yes. but in a, in a fun way. I think fundamentally, if you want to learn about this industry, you have to get your boots on the ground. But that doesn't mean that's where you have to be every day. So the first week of my time with the OSN and the IFAO, I visited 14 farms across Ontario, uh, from cattle to dairy to organic rabbits, which was <laughs> interesting, obviously, uh, cash crop, uh, just to see what is farming in Ontario and what is farming all across Ontario. And it was an absolute eye-opener, especially from a communication standpoint, to see to really get to know the demographics that I'm going to be engaging with. And it's been uh, an amazing learning opportunity so far. Fantastic. Now, what is one fact or thing that you've learned so far that really sticks out to you? Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll approach it from just somebody who's never been in ag before. I think as somebody, like in Ontario, whether you're on the 401 or you're driving from town to town, like you're surrounded by farms. And I think like you really just don't understand the amount of science and work that goes into growing crops in Canada. Like the modern farmer... (laughs) 
I think they are scientists in all but the all but the degrees that they carry, and that's uh, maybe the most interesting thing that I've discovered. It's just like how hard these people work, and just how in tune they are with their environment, their their soil, and my gosh, being a, a fly on the wall for a conversation between farmers is the most like, fascinating thing I've been able to experience in the past few months. Mostly because I don't understand like a word they're saying, I'm, but. They really know their stuff. I don't think they're given the the credit that they deserve. So, I guess what is your role here at IFAO and the Ontario Soil Network? Absolutely. So I'm the marketing and communications coordinator. So before there wasn't really anyone in this role, and my job is to do primarily bring more people into the Ontario Soil Network. We're always looking for more innovative farmers, farmers who are looking to problem solve, not on their own, but in a network of individuals just like themselves who are, you know, trying to do what's best for their land and best for best for Ontario. And so I'm here to help facilitate that and also, you know, get our message out there. I think there is a big gap between the, the public and the ag sector. And I think as the Ontario Soil Network and the Innovative Farmers Association, if we can help bridge that gap, everybody wins and I'd like to in my role I'd like to be a part of that solution now you said decarbonization was a major factor what practices do you see as most beneficial to that Ooh, well I'll try my best just based off the knowledge I've been able to gain so far cover cropping and no-till seems to be huge for decarbonization within agriculture itself like obviously there's the bigger segments of well, fundamentally, no-till decreases the, the amount of oil and gas that, that you're using each, each season. But the amount of carbon that we lose just off the top of our soil is, is huge. And I don't think, I certainly didn't realize how much it was coming into this industry. Yeah, a large part of the carbon that is reintroduced into the atmosphere just comes from soil erosion. And I think by keeping plants some or some sort of cover crop on your soil all year round, overwintering, is, is huge and it may not look good, it may, it may be ugly, but that's the point. If we can put our soil in a position where it's able to really do the work itself and we really don't have to add anything to it, it's gonna be better for the soil, we're gonna have better crops, we're gonna decrease the amount of greenhouse gases that we're emitting into the atmosphere and you know, healthier communities, healthier farms. Perfect. If growers want to be involved in IFAO or the Ontario Soil Network, where can they find more information? Oh, great question. If people are looking for more information on the Ontario Soil Network, they can visit ontariosoil.net. We are on Twitter as well, same Ontario Soil Network. And then the Innovative Farms Association is just the innovativefarmsassociation.com. And finally, I spoke with Dean Anderson, Strategic Advisor Agriculture with Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, about tips to stay safe this harvest season. In reality, equipment is our big killer. Equipment is our big injurer. So, horsepower, size of equipment, I mean, walk around. <laughs> I climbed up in the 800 horsepower Case IH tractor last, earlier in the week. Yeah, you just look at those things. And just line of vision around it, blind spots yeah. for children walking. You know, so it's just being aware of your environment and where you're going. So, um, the general thing for the fall of the year, try and prepare yourself. So what I mean by that is if you know you maybe should do some repairs, try and do them before harvest season. So that should have been done, let's say, August, July. The reason you do that is so that you, A, don't have breakdowns during the season, 
the other thing doesn't happen, it breaks at an untimely time and you end up by yourself in the field correcting. A lot of our injuries occur when people are by themselves and, and they're rushing and you're in harvest and all the most important thing for you is getting stuff in the bin and you forget about all those little steps that you do. So, you know, for example, working on a header, you don't, you don't jack it up or block it. So you work underneath it and if something ever happened to the hydraulic lines, then you're trapped under it and you're by yourself and your phone's in your cab. <laughs> or in your front pocket, but you can't reach it. Or there's no service. <laughs> right. And so all those things happen. So that preparation is always a good thing in any kind of safety thing you're doing. So, you know, it's, you know, airline pilots and things like that, airplanes go into automatic maintenance programs. In reality, a farmer should try and do that. But if you know you put your combine away and something was broken, don't go into the day before you want to go into the wheat field and decide I got to fix it because you might jury rig it. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't get the part from John Deere for two more days or something like that. So that's the first part of it. The other one is you should always start off and harvest. I always say if you haven't done a job for six months, consider you're new at it. You will never pull the combine out of a barn and drive it perfectly in the field. The header will be too high, the header will be too low, you'll be driving wide, you'll leave some crop not cut, you'll all those things will happen. Right? You don't get the reel running right, all those things. So Think of the first day you're operating the combine, you're a new worker. And worse, if you're putting someone else on it who didn't drive it last year, they are a new worker. So you need to make them aware of everything around the piece of equipment. So it's like train yourself, train them. Riding a bike is perfect. You usually don't forget. But if you haven't ridden a bike for 10 years and you get on it the first hour, you're not going to be as good as you're going to be tomorrow. So it's the same thing in driving or doing anything around. So it's, it's prepare, get yourself in the right state of mind, and then especially in harvest season, things are rushed. We get family members help us. We, you know, so you gotta look out for them. You get in a hurry, always be aware of where children are. A third of our fatalities in farming are children under the age of 16. And I'm gonna slip and go right up. Another third are actually over the age of 65. <laughs> and admittedly, aged people on farming tend to be the, the job they can still do is get up, drive the tractor, and go. They usually can't do it for the same amount of time they could when they were in their 20s and 30s and 40s. 18-hour days don't work. Go in the middle of the day, spell off the younger people. They can go do something else. They can take a break, and then you don't have to work in the outside hours. And the reasons are medication and physical and mental and all of those kind of things. But you also we tend to work alone. And if an accident happens, you've got to have a plan, right? And with older people, it's that golden hour. It's anyone, it's a golden hour. But it's more critical if someone's in a compromised position, i.e. they have a heart problem, they've got, say, some kidney, liver, you know, as they get older, you get problems, blood sugar levels. Um, all of these things become compounding. And so you need to, you can't act like you did when you were 20, 30 years younger. And and the only way you can do that, and I have, I've had uncles who farm, and I'd have to duck if I told them to get off the tractor because they got a cane, the dairy farmers, and their knees are gone. So the only thing they could do on the farm is cut the hay, rake the hay, bale the hay, but they're not putting milkers on anymore, <laughs> you know? So that you, you have to let them do it. But the other thing is watch out for them. Don't let them go for the full hours. Make them take a break. That's the other thing during season. Long hours, long days, fully admitted. Don't just go up to a person, 
give them the thermos and give them a bag of sandwiches. Make them come down for 15 minutes, eat the bag of sandwiches, have the cup of coffee, talk about tomorrow, let the driver of the equipment talk about all the problems they've had during the day, let them spill. That is a break. And when they go back to driving the combine, they'll be much more refreshed than if you handed it to them and they kept right on going. And so it's that importance of taking a break, especially if you're working the long days. But that's, you know, that's basically harvest season in a nutshell is prepare and, you know, when things break, you got, you got to fix them and don't jury rig it. If you don't have the right bolt, send someone to get the right bolt. If it's tough, it's tough. Yeah. And if it's going to rain tomorrow, once it starts raining, it's raining. <laughs> but the biggest one is looking out for other people. So look out. That's what we often do. Look out for your neighbor is another one. Maybe he's living alone and he's out working in the field. And he runs his combine and comes back and drops his grain and does stuff. And he's not, he's not got anything else to worry about. But he's just harvesting grain on his own timeline. And, but what if the combine stopped in the middle of the field and hasn't moved for a couple hours? Does it really hurt you to either A, phone him on the phone, and he answers you and you go, so what'd you break? <laughs> or is something wrong? But wouldn't you feel bad if you wake up tomorrow morning and the combine is still in the same spot in the field and you found out that he'd been trapped? A piece of clothing got caught. He's not hurt. A piece of clothing got caught and he's been sitting there all night long because he couldn't find his jackknife to cut himself out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Or too embarrassed <laughs> to call someone. So it's that look out for your neighbor across the street. That's a mental health thing. <laughs> And that's the other one, of course, obviously mental health. That's why we look out for everybody. Take the break if you can. If it's Sunday, take the break. Work your ass off, but if you've got everything in the bin, take a day off. (laughs) Um, Give yourself permission to take a break. And that's really what it is, because as I say, I've got lots of family members who are farmers, and they just, they don't allow themselves take the break we're dairy farmers we work 24 7 it's like the way it goes you go yeah but guess what maybe you should take every other sunday off and let your brother look after everything that day and you look after for him the next weekend yeah it's it'll let you keep going yeah refreshing is a break and it can be a day's break it can be a week's break it can be 15 minutes but it's it's sort of that adage too you know getting a nap 20 minute nap can sometimes be better than five hours of sleep if the right time you know the right effort the right time it's just one of those things that and it puts you in the right state of mind you just bashed your thumb four times maybe you should pour yourself a coffee and sit and stare at what you bashed <laughs> you know it's, it's it is funny but I, I'm meaning it in a serious manner oh, like yeah. if you've done it four times are you going to hit it a fifth time probably if and it's probably because you're not concentrating and you're rushing yeah. <laughs> maybe the wrong tool Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.